Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Irene Blog Talk Radio Show with your host and creator, Minister Annie Bell, the founder and executive director of Wealth Management Ministries Incorporated. We are providing talk therapy to survivors of child abuse, sex trafficking, and other traumas. Please enjoy the show. Thank you again for um, sharing your time and joining us, my friends. I am Minister Annie Bell, the host and creator of Irene Blog Talk Radio Show, which is an outreach of Wealth Management Ministries Incorporated. We are endeavoring to bring talk therapy to survivors of child abuse, sex trafficking, and other traumas, as well as providing awareness, prevention, and resources to the community. Um, looks like right now we've got a lot of people calling in. I Hope that we'll be able to get to some of the calls tonight and um, maybe even get you to ask some questions or share your thoughts with us. So thank you so much for joining in. Our topic tonight, I'm so excited, is on the front lines. On the front lines, I'm so very thankful to the men and women who devote their lives to helping survivors of child abuse and sex trafficking. They are our um, they are our leaders in the front lines, rescuing the victims and helping them tra- to transition back to some form of normalcy uh, in their lives. Tonight, I am honored to have such a person on the show, Minister Shannon Stafford. She is the founder of Families of Victory and a CASA representative, and we're going to learn a lot about how she serves on the front lines in our community. So welcome to the Irene Blog Talk Radio Show, Minister Stafford. Hi, thank you for having us on the show. Oh, you're so, so very welcome. Um, We're going to go ahead and get started because I just want to hear all about it. I want to um, uh, get our listeners inspired and motivated Uh, If there's someone who just don't know what they can do or how they can help, I'm hoping that our show tonight will uh, bring some of that to to the light for them. So let's go ahead and get started. Tell me, first of all, about Families of Victory. What um, do you do and how did, you know, how were you inspired to even found uh, such an organization? Uh, You know, Minister uh, Annie, we, when I was a child, um, growing up, my house, my parents' house was um, called the City of Refuge. They joked about it a lot because every time someone would need something, they'd say go to um, the Denson household and mm. uh, or Mr. D or, or Miss uh, Ma Dukes. That's what they call my mom <laughs> in the neighborhood. So, um, I mean, we just, whatever they needed, they would find their way to our house. So um, we had an incident, I tell you, a teenager girl got pregnant, and my dad was the one to drive her to the hospital. Had a lady, she got beat up by her husband one day, 4th of July, and she come running over with her children, and just, you know, my mom and dad took her to the hospital, and we kept the kids and fed her. And uh, the little boy that, uh, he was hungry, we would feed him all the time. And uh, I can even remember a 13-year-old girl that we went to school with. She got raped by uh, her uncle, I believe it was. And um, she came to our house, and um, and uh, we helped her out and helped her through that situation. And so as I got older and, um, you know, entered the ministry, I thought about my life as a child, and, um, you know, my motto in life is blessed to be a blessing. So 
everything that I have, everything that I've done in life, I believe I'm blessed to be a blessing to someone else. And I thought about coming up, and I wanted to create an organization that could also be a place like I grew up in. And, of course, um, you know, we lived a victorious life, although we did not have, you know, we had other issues as well. So we created the organization, and um, we wanted to help families to learn to live the victorious life in spite of the crisis that they may have been facing at the Mm -hmm. time that they came in contact with the Families of Victory Advocate. So we kind of leaned on my upbringing, you know, and um, my advisory board, of course, my sisters and brothers, because they lived it with us, and then my senior advisors are my parents. So that's how it came about. Wow. That's incredible. First of all, um, I wish I had a place like that when I was growing up, you know. (laughs) Um, I know when I was going through my own abuse, I had nowhere to really turn to and every avenue that I thought of was scary. So um, to know or to have had a place that like that in my neighborhood, if I had, if there was one for me, I know, gosh, I probably would have ran there too. So my heart is just warmed. I have warm fuzzies all over um, just hearing that story and um, knowing that you were there for someone um you know, bless that 13-year-old who was raped by her uncle, and um, she had somewhere to turn and uh, and to receive, you know, some nurturing right afterwards, because Lord knows that is such a traumatic time. So tell me, what do y'all do in uh, at the Families of Victory? Uh, we, to, in a nutshell, what we do is service the needs of the families that's in the community, so it's it really... You know, it's kind of broad, so when they come knocking on the door, just like coming up, we never know what we're going to get. But, you know, of course, we uh, try our level best and, and, and service whatever need is knocking at the door or ringing on the phone or hitting us on the email or in the inbox on Facebook, you know. Um, but we do offer, um, you know, professional counseling, grief counseling, um with just a lot of uh, support groups, uh, marital counseling, you know, um, supervised visitations. Uh, court recommendations are a biggie for us because a lot of times uh, these children end up in court, and whether it's divorce court, whether it's, you know, um, the deprivation cases, or whether it's uh, even, you know, as minors being uh, evicted because a lot of the issues began uh, in our courtroom, you know, in our courthouse is the first floor, uh, which is evictions. Uh, we find out a lot that's going on in the home when children are being evicted from the house. So, um, our family educational classes, you know, so we do a lot. And uh, definitely uh, we are mandate reporters. So we got a big anti-bullying campaign. Hashtag mm-hmm. I'm me, Najeda Williams. And I think we talked about that before. <laughs> so, uh, you know, in, in, in all of this, I believe that, um, you know, bullying is definitely, you know, this anti-bullying program is definitely needed because of, across the board, whether it's domestic violence, whether it's uh, sex trafficking, whether it's, you know, being kicked out or divorced or even running for president, you know. <laughs> we face this thing called bullying. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's pervasive, isn't it? Yeah. Wow. Yes, and it and we're actually going to um, try to do an episode on bullying. So I would love to have uh, Najeda on um, and talk about what he's doing because he's a youth out here fighting for um, anti-bullying laws and. Um, you know, helping the other children to understand. So I definitely want him to be on the program so we could talk more in-depthly about it uh, because a lot of the times the bully has some type of trauma that has not been resolved mm-hmm. normally. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. You know, there's, yeah, there's some cases where they, you know, not too many kids are just born mean, but they, there's most of them has there was an, an initiator, a, a root cause. So mm-hmm. definitely want to mm-hmm. talk about that. Now, um, does uh, Family of Victory, FOV, collaborate with other community organizations? 
We do, we do, yes, we do. Uh, you know, it really takes a village, and, and in, in this case, I tell you, it takes villages. And yes. so that's a big thing. Uh, no man is an island by himself. So um, it's extremely important that we reach out to other entities uh, and or other organizations. And a few that I do want to mention tonight, and if I, if anybody's listening, I miss you, please don't charge it to my heart because I tell you, a lot of people support Families of Victory. But Wavy Entertainment, Todd Six Nine Williams, he is very instrumental in assisting uh, any capacity that he can. You know, there's no task too big or small, and he really stands tall in our lives. So, you know, he brings the manpower um, to Families of Victory, um, you know. So we really do appreciate all that he does and Team Wavy. So um, they're just awesome over there, and um, you'll get to meet them as well soon. And uh, Michelle Curry of Middle Georgia Life Coaching Network, uh, that's a powerful sister that really brings a lot to the table as well. And um, uh, Minister Wazir and Christine Goldsmith, they're great in our uh, holistic department. Camille Smith and the Grace Mob crew, she do a lot of the street uh, ministry and going out, you know, being led. I call her the barefooted priestess. So, and she's always ringing my phone with some uh, something going on. And uh, Faye Walker Alexander, she's the uh, peacekeeper, national director of healing of afflictions. Awesome, mighty woman of God that really don't mind taking to the streets. And uh, uh, she lost her kids, all three of them, but God bless her to raise her three granddaughters. So. We do collaborate with uh, a lot of people uh, and a lot of organizations in the community. And that's really important to discuss because it it truly does take a village. It takes villages, like you said. Um, it takes all of us individually and as a group to get together. It's not about who is uh, making the most money or getting the, the brightest shine, but what are we right. doing together uh, what are we doing to be able to, to, to help our children? And sometimes it means that we have to come together in order to accomplish it. Um, mm-hmm. And just like in the Word, it talks about, you know, all of us, all the members of the body coming together so we can function and so we mm-hmm. could be better. And, and we're going to talk about some of that tonight um, as well because it it truly – it, we can't just leave it up to CPS or leave it up to VFAS exactly. um, or uh, mm-hmm. these governmental agencies and, and just feel that it's adequate because it's not. Mm-hmm. It's children not. are dying. P- children are suffering through horrific, torturous abuse, mm-hmm. and many have been called in. Signs have been seen, and, mm-hmm. um, and they've, they've, they've not been rescued. And it's a clarion call. We need to wake up as an, a community, as a nation, because mm-hmm. what we're doing right now, the statistic is that there are, um, the conservative statistic is 850,000 annually um, children being abused. But mm-hmm. on, but that's because I believe there's a not there's not a lot of people who still talk about it or have been discovered. So you know, one million is really uh, the the number of children who are being abused every year. So if you think about it, the most of them, majority, will not mm-hmm. truly uh, heal and and recover. So therefore, they they are growing up with dysfunction. So what they're going to do is raise families with dysfunction and um, Mm -hmm. be, you know, sitting next to us on the bus and Mm -hmm. at work and just is a, um, you know, just ready to explode at any minute. So you just never know. So this violence, mass killings and stuff like that going on, I believe a lot stems from um, the unresolved and uh, unhealed wounds of the past. So we're going to actually get into some of that. I have to, of course, take a quick station identification break, but we'll be right back to hear more from Minister Shannon and about the work she does on the front lines. Stay tuned, everybody. Hello, everybody. My name is Minister Annie Bell, and I am the host of Irene Log Talk Radio Show, where we endeavor to bring talk therapy to survivors of child abuse, sex trafficking, and other traumas 
as well as being the vehicle by which we use to bring awareness and resources to the community to aid in the prevention of these abuses. IRAIN, which is a declarative acronym for the individual survivor, that means I, I identify myself as a survivor, no longer a victim. R, reclaim my life. E, excel at living. G, grow in Christ. And N, nurture myself and others. This declarative acronym has developed into a victorious lifestyle brand that empowers and aids in the healing journey of survivors of abuse, sex trafficking, and other traumas. I have also written a book entitled, with the namesake, I Reign, A Survivor's Guide to Thrive, which is now available at Amazon.com and Barnes & Noble. Pick up your copy of my book today and join me every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. here on We Inspire Network Radio, where together, through God, we win. If we endure, we will reign with Christ. Welcome back to I Rain Blog Radio Show with your host, Minister Annie Bell. Yes, yes, yes. Welcome back, everybody. Thank you for keeping your cheeks in the seats and staying with us. I appreciate you doing that. Um, again, this is I Rain Blog Talk Radio Show um, on powered by We Inspire Network Radio. And I am your host, Minister Annie Bell. I want to bring to your attention uh, down below, you'll see a slideshow if you uh, have joined us online, a slideshow of all of um, those who are supporting us and some other information. So feel free to to, uh, look through there. Also, if you could help us to stay uh, on the air, just by clicking some of the ads that are floating around the slideshow, and um, and just by clicking, those vendors will make a donation to our network. So please help us. You don't have to purchase anything. Just clicking will do, and it won't cost you a thing. So click during, after, before the broadcast, and you could help us. Now, before we broke for our station identification, we were talking to Minister Shannon about the need for all of us to do something um, to help the agencies that have been created, but and to to ensure that we are rescuing as many children as possible and preventing child abuse and, of course, sex trafficking. But um, Minister Shannon, thank you again for joining us and um, being a voice in our community. I wanted to ask you, uh, you are a, a CASA representative. Can you tell our listeners about that organization and what the organization does? You know, um, Minister Eddie, I found out that uh, Frederick Douglass uh, made a statement a while back, and it is true to this day. It's easier to build strong children than to repair broken men. Mm. And <laughs> you can say that system, one more time. That was good. <laughs> it's easier to build strong children than repair broken men. And that's a statement by Frederick Douglass. And in ministry, as we go out and service the public, because that's what we are, we're servants, you run into so many different um, situations in life and different organizations. And, of course, uh, we talked a little bit about Families of Victory. Uh, CASA is similar to Families of Victory. The difference is Families of Victory bring the spiritual peace that we cannot carry into the CASA program. Um, I've dealt with CASA for almost 20 years now on different levels. I currently do not have a CASA case. Um, And what CASA stands for is CASA, or Court-Appointed Special Advocates for the Children. Children have rights, and they have voices, and sometimes their voices are silenced 
and it's up to us to be the voice of the child. And that's what CASA volunteers, CASA representative, CASA uh, guardian ad litems do. And um, Dr. Phil and his wife, they're um, they're the national spokespeople for the program, uh, CASA. And uh, right now the statistic is over 600,000 children experience the foster care system in our country just right now. And that's yeah. just the ones that are reported. We're not even talking about the ones that's not reported. So the way it, what happens is that a CASA volunteer is appointed by the judge to watch over and advocate for the abused and neglected children that's in the system. Now, we're not even talking about the ones that are not in the system mm-hmm. because, there, you know, there's some private cases that don't have CPS uh, or Child Protective Services assigned to them, uh, you know, so you can still call for a CASA, but a lot of people don't know about the program. Uh, volunteers are given a case, and then you're committed to staying on that case until the end of the case. So, uh, and you're trained. You do not have to, you know, know, have to have a college degree and all of that, but you are trained um, at least, I think it's a minimum of 30 hours of training course, and then you have continual education uh, so that you'll learn the signs and everything. And you do have to pass a background check, um, you know, before you uh, are assigned a case, and uh, you have to be a minimum of a... I think the legal age, you have 21 years old. And after you pass the uh, background check and all of that, you must be also available to appear uh, in court cases. And then you have to write reports and let the judge know exactly what you have seen. Uh, You get to talk to everybody. As a CASA uh, volunteer or agent or guardian ad litem, it's your duty. You are the child's voice. So you have to conduct an independent investigation and talk to everybody that's involved with their child, from the parents, the social workers, the foster parents, the teachers, the therapists. Uh, gather all the facts because you're the one that's going to make that recommendation to the judge um, where that child should be placed, whether it's temporary or permanent, because some ter- some temporary cases the parents' rights are terminated permanently, and you have to be the one to speak for that child at that moment in that courtroom and let the judge know and be the voice of the child where that child and what's the best place for the child to go. And you, so you work um, in tandem with the lawyer for the um, for the child? If it's yes, a, if it's a process going in at litem um, and the child has an attorney appointed uh, also. And sometimes the CASA volunteer does not always agree with the child's attorney. Mm. So you go ahead and, you know, you butt heads with a lot of different people mm-hmm. um, from defects. <laughs> mm-hmm. Butt heads a lot with the defect system. Um, and uh, sometimes you don't agree with the child's attorney. So, you know, you have to really have your ducks in a row and go before the judge and be able to explain and show documentation on why that child should be placed, um, you know, in the hands of the person that you recommended. And in our courtroom, uh, for the majority of the times, our judge, uh, the last thing you'll hear is, you'll hear our judge say is, I need to hear from my CASA because Mm. he's the one that appointed us. And he also has to see he just has to see the child. So yes. uh, I, all judges don't do that. But in our courtroom, the judge does that. And you're in Macon, correct? Macon, Georgia. Yes, Macon, be yeah. it, be it Macon. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so just so that they know geographically uh, which court you are speaking of. Now, as a CASA rep, then, what's the caseload like for for you all? Uh, generally, I, I don't take, I, I did not take more than two caseloads um, myself personally because mm-hmm. I do spend a lot of time getting to know the child and uh, the situation. So um, we, I haven't experienced another cost of being, uh, having uh, three caseloads, maybe one or maybe two. Um, 
but the senior classes are two definitely, but some of the other ones are maybe just one. Because it sounds like there is a lot that is entailed. I mean, having to interview everyone in that child's life. Um, some might be more than, you know, two or three. So that's, that's a lot. They're teachers. And so that's a lot to, um, to have to do. So I'm glad that you're not overloaded uh, with a, a lot of caseloads. But then it makes me wonder, well, what happens to then the other cases of uh, abuse? You know, who who serves them if they don't have a CASA representative as their voice? Right, and that's, um, that's a, there's also shortages of CASAs, you know, um, and not every case is assigned a CASA. Um, but there are cases that are, you know, just mandate CASAs, and then uh, there are cases that some of the cases are open and shut, you know, or <laughs> should be. Um, but um, but when there's issues or things that are not seen or a gray line, you know, uh, fogginess, then uh, the judge will point a casa, and he needs to know what's really going on, you know. Um, and it is a lot. It's, you know, you, you spend hours and hours and hours uh, getting to know not just teachers but counselors and to everybody that's involved with that child. Things are going on, and that child's in the system for a reason, and you have to get to the bottom of what's going on with that child. Mm-hmm. And so um, when would a CASA representative not be, um, you know, afforded a child? What, what is the criteria? Um, I'm not sure if there is a criteria that's set in our courtroom. The judge has just assigned one, or sometimes even defects will ask for a CASA um, to be put on the case. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Okay, okay. Well, I think that's a wonderful uh, organization for for the aid to help, you know, DFAS and CPS and, you know, um, I'm thinking that maybe that could be one of the organizations that could use more ramping up to mm-hmm. um, help with that. Mm-hmm. And even prior to it getting to, um, you know, the courts or whatever, there's some type of intermediary to help um, that might just, you know, and we'll discuss more of that as we're going into the show. Uh, I do have to take another break for station identification, identification. but if you could, uh, Minister Shannon, start thinking about, you know, what was one of the, your most, um, the worst case of child abuse or neglect that you had to help with, um, and what was the outcome, just to give us an idea. So, again, everybody, thank you for joining us. I'm just going to take a quick um, break for station identification, and we'll be right back. Hello, my name is Minister Lloyd Bell Jr., CEO of We Inspire Network Radio. God bless you, and I am Minister Annie Bell, the COO of We Inspire Network Radio. We had you, our listeners, in mind when we created We Inspire Network Radio, or as we like to call it, Win Radio. We incorporated your thoughts and opinions to ensure that our programming will embody true inspiration. And we will continue to bring relevant and heartfelt shows that cater to the needs and wants of our growing listener base. Please, subscribe to our network so that you can stay connected. Join us here every week where together, through God, we win. Welcome back to I Rain Blog Radio Show with your host, Minister Annie Bell. Welcome back. Good evening. Once again, thank you for staying tuned to I Rain Blog Talk Radio Show. Me, I'm Minister Annie Bell, the host, and I am so glad that you have joined us, and I'm so glad for those who stayed with us. Um, we are one of the many or, uh, outreaches of Wealth Management Ministries, which is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. 
And we endeavor to bridge the gap between the rich and the poor through teaching of financial literacy and Christian counseling. Now, next weekend, we will be hosting an awareness and prevention event in um, October for the uh, observance of Domestic Violence Month. Uh, I will be one of the speakers, along with Minister Lloyd Bell, Tony Six Nine Williams, um, the CEO of Wavy Entertainment Group. You've heard his name earlier today. We will also have special musical guests who will perform his hit single, um, Man Child is his name. And so if you are in the metro Atlanta area, please join us at the Oaks Golf Course on October 15th from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Um, and hear what we have to say about the possibilities of preventing the, um, the violence, uh, domestic violence, and even violence, uh, violence against our children. Now, before we went on our break, we were talking with Minister Shannon about the work she does at CASA, and she was going to maybe share with us one of the worst cases um, of abuse that she's had to serve on or even have come to see. So, Minister Shannon, thank you again for um, sharing with us tonight, and um, if you could share with us a worst case that you've had to be involved with. Um, Minister Annie, we we had a, uh, there was one case that just really took a little longer because we just needed to really get to the bottom of what was happening to this baby. Mm-hmm. And we had a baby, and the baby was two, and he could not speak um, to tell me what was going on. Uh, so you have to kind of look at the signs and visit different times of the day, different times, you know, over into the night sometimes. And um, and what we noticed is that this, this, this baby was okay for the most part during the day, but close around 7 or 8 o'clock, he would begin to get fidgety and uh, begin to cry and um, high-pitched cries and um, watch the baby get put in the baby bed and then taken out of the baby bed and laid in the mom's bed. And um, come to find out... um, one visit we went to, um, he was very uncomfortable, just crying, 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 and they kept changing his uh, diaper. So we called and and, um, had them take him to to the hospital. And this baby's uh, rectal area was torn so bad. Um, He ended up someone had molested him and had been molesting him and um he we had him tested for stds of course not only did the baby have herpes but the baby also had hiv jesus um so he ended up with a colostomy bag and um it took a while but we ended up um being able to place the baby not with the mother, not with of course the father or the the father's, the mother's boyfriend, but we ended up making the recommendation that the baby be placed with the paternal mother who also had custody of one of his siblings. So that did two things. Um, Got him in the arc of safety, healing, and stuff was, you know, much um, like to be healed. And um, also kept him with his siblings. Yes. We also recommended that every person that came in contact with that mom get tested. Yes. And in doing that, we were able to find out who had transgressed this baby and who abused this child, who caused this child at such a young age to contract these diseases and to wear, to be molested so bad that he had to wear a lot of for the rest of his life. Oh, and my God. The rest of his life? 
the rest of his life, yes. The rest of his life. And I would say that's the worst case that I ever uh, came in contact with. Well, who was the perpetrator? One of the mom's boyfriends. And, you know, I'm going to tell you, there's so many cases of mother's boyfriends who violate the children. And Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that if you're a single mom, you have to stay single for the rest of your life or until the child is 18. But I am saying, and I'm hoping somebody hear me loud and clear, that you're going to have to be more cautious of who you invite into the lives of you and your child. Um, There are men um, and other perpetrators, even women, because there are violators Mm -hmm. who are women, Mm -hmm. are looking for single parents Mm -hmm. so that they have access to the children. Uh, Me, myself, Mm -hmm. yes. Me, myself, if I ever were to divorce uh, my husband, the father of my kids, I will stay single because um, I tell you, I'm going to try to keep myself out of jail. You know what I mean? Because I, I will go yeah, off. It's crazy. I'm not even playing with anybody. You know, it's I want crazy. people to know that I am one card, one card de- uh, short of a full deck when it comes to my kids. Um, it's crazy. I'm telling you. And, you know, oh, my gosh, for that child, he basically was given a death sentence. Right, mm-hmm. um, to right. contract HIV, um, his life. You know, I I I made a um, I did a little meme the other a couple of weeks ago where I said abuse is a um, life sentence for mm-hmm. the victim, but it's just a light sentence for the perpetrator because they can you know some of them get the smallest amount of um you know, trouble or jail time or whatever mm-hmm. have you. And I think more need to be, it, it just should be a heavier weight and heavier burden. Um, mm-hmm. And I tell you, I hear, when I hear stories like that, my heart, I mean, it took everything I can not to begin to just cry for that little baby because two years mm-hmm. old, um, having, yes. I know he must have endured so much pain mm-hmm. um, during that time. So right, and the mom hard she worked for you? Uh, yeah. it's it, it was very difficult, um, you know. But I lean on the Holy Spirit. Yes. Uh, God is so good. When He, you're called to a thing, you know, um, you have to know that it's a calling. You have to know that this is what God will have you to do at this time in your life. This is your divine assignment. Uh, and I can't get caught up in myself. I'm blessed to be a blessing. What, I, I have to, you know, you have to be able to put the child first. Yes. If I'm feeling this way, imagine how that baby was feeling. Mm-hmm. And yes. the mom worked two jobs, and the, the boyfriend was the caretaker. Uh, the father, he came up with um, the herpes, but he didn't have AIDS. So, you know, I mean, it's just like, it, it's just, you you don't have you really can't think about how you feel and get caught up in your emotions in situations like this. You really have to be led by the spirit because yes. you know something's wrong and God will show you exactly. He won't fail you because he's not gonna fail that child. Amen. Whew, amen. I tell you, I'm so glad that you, like I said, are in the front lines and are are helping our children. Um, you know, to to have that voice to be the voice for them. Now, what about, what do you think um, can be done? What can we do to help CPS and DFACS with uh, their situation? Because their failure rate is pretty high, you know, Mm -hmm. to me. Um, And and I want to refer to one of the uh, cases that I've heard, Zamir Perkins, and I actually posted it on the group, our our Mm -hmm. Irene group, but they were called, uh, CPS was called five times that mm-hmm. uh, with, you know, them thinking that somebody thinking, whether it was the school or someone thinking that he was being abused, but he was never rescued. So his, right. his, his mother's boyfriend, she, she watched while he beat him to death and hung him up by his T-shirt until mm-hmm. the boy took his last breath. 
What can we do? What can we do to help CPS and DFAS? What, you know, you're from, you're giving us this answer from another point of view. So I'm thinking that, you know, certainly some thoughts have gone through your mind of what if, you know, maybe if they had just done this properly or, you know, have more staff or whatever. So what are your thoughts on that? You know, um, that case is beyond pathetic to me. That is, there is no excuse. The system did not fail that child. We failed that child. Mm-hmm. The community failed that child. Wow. The people surrounding that child failed him. People need to stop pointing a finger and lift a finger to make a difference. Jesus, I like that. The bottom line in that case, mom obviously has some type of mental issue to take the baby off the hook, lay the Mm -hmm. baby on the bed, the boy on the bed, read the Bible, and the boy is dead for hours. Yes. So, again, what is mom going through where she, first of all, not only subject her child to this, but also allow her child and herself to be subjected to this? And I tell the women all the time in the Women of Glory, every man you meet, not only does your vagina not need to meet him, but your Mm -hmm. child don't need to meet him either. Amen. (laughs) Amen. It's not that much love in the world. Yes, yes. You got to keep it real, exactly. And it's, it's um, you know, people saying. are dying. These children are dying. This yes. boy is dead. He's gone. And five cases of reported child abuse, that is unacceptable for for CPS. That's just not acceptable. Very, I guarantee you he did not have a CASA. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Never would it. The, the, so what I think need to be done is they need more. They need to allow more volunteers to come in, give yes. them incentives because the funding is not there. They need to take funding from other places that, to me, that just really don't make any sense, and put That's it right. into the organizations that does make sense. Yes. And a lot of the larger organizations that are receiving these continual grants and all of this money, put it in some of these other grassroots organizations that do not have the funding, but they're doing the work. That's right. That's right. And assign a CASA. When, if, if they can, uh, cases like that, it, it should have had a CASA. That little boy should have had a voice. Yes. And exactly. every, every time they call, Zamir Perkins should have had a voice. You know, the mm-hmm. bottom line, it, it, he should have had a voice. And they need to pay more. Forget the furloughs. We don't. We cannot afford to furlough these on these children. We can't. We can't. They're dying. Yes. They're dying. And if they're not experiencing a physical death, their their spirit is being killed, you know. Well, you know, um, emotional abuse is sometimes emotional worse than death mm-hmm, and mental. Yes. Physical. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It's it's all of that, and so um, this is this is an epidemic of such horrendous proportions, and we need to really gather around. Now, um, so what I'm hearing you saying is one, we need to beef up the CASA and make it more mm-hmm. widely available so that they can mm-hmm. work hand in hand with um, not only the lawyer, the attorneys, but the, mm-hmm. also for um, CPS. Individually, mm-hmm. then what I'm also hearing not for is, CPS, but with CPS because with, CPS is dropping the ball. And as a right. CASA worker, a lot of times we go head to head with the CPS worker because they're not doing their job. That's right. That's right. And I meant to say with, um, you know, uh, with not for CPS. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so mm-hmm. individually, we can then, as individuals, go and then volunteer for. Mm-hmm this organization so that they can go ahead and expand and you know and if it means that you're doing it uh without pay i mean come on let's let's do it let's um right you know right. go ahead and work your nine to five and then come and help um where, mm-hmm. where you can um mm-hmm. and i think that's great that was great information i i love your passion for our children and we need more people like you uh out there 
we're going to take another quick break, and I'm going to see if I could take a caller in and uh, see if there's any questions. But everyone, please, again, stay tuned. We'll be right back after these messages. Sadly, today, most of us know at least one person that suffers from addiction or substance abuse. Addiction does not discriminate. No age, gender, race, or classes of people are immune to the horrors of addiction. This epidemic has ruined families, claimed lives, and left loved ones devastated. Over 100 people die from overdoses daily, and over 20 million Americans suffer from some form of addiction. For this reason, author Lloyd H. Bell Jr. has written the book Clean and Serene. The author is an addictions counselor and recovering addict of over 13 years. He knows and has first-hand experience of being caught in the grips of addiction. Clean and Serene provides experience, strength, and hope for the still-suffering addict. It can also be used as a tool in recovery. Whether it is used in a group setting or individually, this book was written to assist in the recovery process and encourage integrating inspirational, encouraging, and challenging scriptures the author has provided, a resource that is sure to change lives. If you or someone you know is battling with addiction, this book is for you. If you are in recovery, this is a great resource to add to your toolbox. If you are a group leader or addictions counselor, this is an awesome book for group therapy. Clean and serene. Scriptural Meditations for Recovery is available nationwide in both ebook and print. Get your copy or a copy for some you know today from Amazon or Barnes & Noble Bookstore. For less than $10, you can potentially change the life of someone currently paying the high cost of living with an addiction. Welcome back to I Rain Blog Radio Show with your host, Minister Annie Bell. Again, um, everyone, welcome back to the Irene Blog Talk Radio Show. Uh, I am Minister Annie Bell, the host. I want to issue a trigger warning for survivors. Sometimes hearing certain stories will trigger a flashback. I don't want you to suffer by yourself. Um, we will have people on um, our Facebook community who are ready to pray with you. We also, on every Thursday night at 9.30, have intercessory prayer for those who want to either pray together or if you need prayer. So do not suffer in silence on your own. Inbox me, um, uh, Annie Bell, on Facebook, or even connect with us on Irene, Stop Abuse, and Fight Back. The number for the prayer line is 530-881-1212. Access code is 225-184-078. Again, we're on that number on Thursday nights at 930. But if you need to speak with someone tonight after the show, feel free to inbox me and we'll get you um, with a minister. Now, Minister Shannon is with us and she is with Families of Victory. She is also a CASA representative. Thank you again, Minister Shannon, for um, staying on. And um, being on here tonight. Thank you. You're welcome. I am going to uh, take a caller and see if they have a question or a comment. So, caller 4620, did you have a question or a comment? Uh, Good evening. Good evening. I hope all is well. I'm Say Alexander. I'm the National Director with Healing of Affliction. You know, I was sitting here listening to Minister Shannon, along with yourself, and you know the abuse of kids, the 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 uh, the bullying, and the deaths that we're having of our young men. It's just all a similarity. It's just right in there together. And as Shannon stated, and I say all the time, we need to come together as a community because yeah. these problems that we're having are not the mayor's problem. It's not the city commissioner's problem. It's a society issue. And we as a people need to come together 
and work these things out with these people, help these people. You know, we are so caught up on another person's religion, another person's sexuality, another person's color. To 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 we, the bottom line is that we're so full of hate that we can't even stand for one cause, and that's to help these babies. Mm, yeah. And and I pray that one day God allow that to happen. Not that He's not putting it in force, not because. I know I'm a tool of his, and, yeah. and I thank God every day. But we need to come together as a society to, to put a stop to this, to, to, to work this thing out, because I know with everything in me that it can be done. Amen. Amen. I hear you, and I agree 100%. Thank you so much for sharing your thoughts and um, and also affirming and confirming what we're um, trying to do not only on this radio show, but with Minister Shannon's um, organization and our organization. So thank you so very much. Please stay tuned. Um, I'm actually going to take another caller, uh, caller number 5904, caller 5904. Did you have something that you would like to share with us or a question? Um, yes. Um, how's everyone doing? Um, I am Michelle Curry. Um, Minister Shannon had mentioned my name earlier. I yes, am in connection with the families of Victory. And, uh, man, I tell you, uh, so many issues was touched on tonight, just about, um, you know, abuse that children experience, crisis that children experience, and um, just seeing how it's so important that there are people um, to be available to advocate for the kids, you know, and yeah. um, the role that I even play is I am a Christian life coach with the Middle Georgia Counseling Life Coaching Network. And um, even as people come in and need assistance, one of the things that I help them do is to encourage and to advise them as they're going through different challenges and helping them work through that process. You know, just that the trauma that they have that they may have been through. Because a lot of times when people experience abuse, they're told you don't have an outlet. Don't say anything or the guilt or the shame keeps them back from saying anything. But they do need to have a voice and they do need to get it out because in that process we'll begin healing, restoration, and it will help them to move forward, you know. And uh, just, you know, being on this call tonight, it was an eye-opener on, you know, just how sometimes... Uh, those taboo subjects <laughs> as a yes. community we really don't like to deal with, but it's still going on. You know, people yes. that experience abuse mm-hmm. in their families, people experience abuse all around, young and old, and, and they're suffering silently. But if they have someone that can take them by the hand, advocate for them, advise them, encourage them, the process of healing will begin. Yes. And so, you know, I just say, um, you know, kudos to you both, you know, and I think if we all come together, some great things can happen. Lives will be changed. And uh, I'm so glad that I got the chance to be on this call tonight. And I appreciate you calling in and, and having such a profound thing um, to share with us uh, because that is, like you said, so very important. And um, so I thank you for sharing that with us. I'm going to take one more call and um, before we continue with the interview, and that's caller 7206. Did you have a comment or a question? 7206? No? Okay. Well, uh, again, uh, we want to get back to our dialogue with Minister Shannon. Um, One of the things that Back in the day, uh, in the psychological community, it was uh, thought of that if a person who has gone through trauma, that if they had to talk about it again, it would re-traumatize them. And so for the longest time, they were telling them, hey, don't say, don't, don't talk about it, let's just move on, let's just move on, but you can't. You have to begin talking about it so that you can initiate that healing process. I talk about that in my book as well, I Reign, A um, Survivor's Guide to Thrive, that we find a safe uh, 
safe haven, somewhere safe that we can talk about our trauma so that we can get get above it, rise above it. Um, one of the worst things you can ever say to a child abuse victim or a sex trafficking victim or a victim of trauma is get over it. That mm-hmm. does not work. Um, and so, well, we're kind of reaching to the end of the show, and I want to make sure, first of all, that if there's any anyone who is interested in being a CASA rep or volunteer, can you um, share with us, uh, Ms. Uh, Minister Shannon, of how they can get started? And I also want them to be able to co- uh, contact you or, you know, whether it is to get some help from Families of Victory or even if they wanted to help uh, connect arms with you and serve. So, um, one, how can they get in touch with CASA? And two, how can they get in touch with you to um, help the community? Thank you so much, uh, Minister Annie. And um, I just want to say right quick, if we could just also really get involved with our elected and appointed officials because this country is governed by laws and ran by yes. with money. So we really need to get in touch with them. Uh, I really salute the one, uh, Senator Miriam Paris, uh, and uh, now she's Representative Paris, and uh, our representatives there, James Beverly and uh, Alan Peake and uh, Bubba, we call him Bubba, he is a CASA, and he's, he's in the House of Representatives as well. He serves over the Dry Branch District down in central Georgia. So really get involved and also to be proactive in this situation and uh, get educated. Uh, spend your money. Where your, where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be off That's, right. that's, that's mm-hmm. what the Word of God says. Case in point, we got 6-9 coming out with Wavy and T next uh, week and Team Wavy. So, put, you know, put your money out there. That money will be used to go and help those victims. And, um, you know, we know that they give back to these type of groups. Invite them out to your uh, organization, to your colleges to speak. Um, I know 6-9 did a lot of that. Uh, uh, Minister Fay, she did a lot of that as well. So really put your money and your time, you know, where you say that your heart really is. Uh, I know we're limited on time, so you can visit uh, CASA's website at www.casa4children.org and click on your zip code and then locate the CASA that's, um, organization that's closest to you. You can also learn more about Families of Victory. Come and help us out over there. We need your help. We need your time. We need your prayers, and we definitely need funding. And you can go to www.familiesofvictory.com. That is how you can get in touch with us. Or you can call us at 404-263-1545 and and reach the uh, director, which would be me. Wonderful. Wow. Um, Thank you so much for coming. You have dropped so many nuggets out here. Um, I think you have shared your heart. You have shared your passion and, um, and what you do. So thank you so much for making the time to, um, to be on the show with us. And um, before everybody leaves, I wanted to share my wisdom to reign. When times get unsure, recall God's promises for your life. To make a a donation or get in touch with me or my team, please go to www.wealthmngt.org or www.anniebellministries.com, Facebook and Twitter, I reign, stop abuse and abolish sex trafficking. Go to our YouTube channel and you can find all of our shows on there. Repeat after me, I reclaim my life, I excel at living, I illuminate the dark. I grow in Christ and nurture myself and others. Let's reign together with Christ. See you next Tuesday at 8 p.m. God bless you all. Bye-bye. Bless you. Good night.